Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Well, before we kick into another of our Listener Question bonus episodes, we wanted to give a shout out to our newest Patreon member, who is Jean Schultz. Thank you so much, Jean, for joining the team. And as I often say, and Catherine backs me up 100% on this, we could not make the podcast without the support of our Patreons and our sponsors. And if you'd like to be one of those supporters, then all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing or have a look in the show notes. Right on to today's episode. Well, back for another listener question episode. And this one, in fact, it's one of your old co-workers, Kate, uh, Greg. He's one of my favorite people at work. I haven't seen him in a long time. Hi, Greg. We used to pass each other in headquarters all the time. He did work for the FBI director. Oh, did he? Super, super wonderful guy. Very kind, conscientious. He's provided us with a listener question today. That's how kind and conscientious he is. So this is the question that he's sent in. It seems there's leakage which precipitate the vast majority of mass shootings. What are the chief obstacles in turning leakage into actionable steps to prevent mass shootings? P.S. Hello, Kate, from her old co-worker. <laughs> he probably wouldn't say it in that voice. I'd yes. imagine that didn't sound probably very not. FBI. <laughs> he might have sounded a little less, a little more FBI, a little less. I don't know. He's wonderful. Yeah. That's a great question, Greg. And that is the crux of the struggle that I had with writing my book. There is actually a line in my book. I'm paraphrasing myself. This is where most people fail. They hear and see things, but they don't say things. But now that I, as you would say, shat all over everybody, am I saying that right? (laughs) Yeah, I probably would say that. Yeah. Shat everywhere. It sounds so much better when you say it. Uh, I'll Um, take that under consideration. (laughs) So people who hear and see things may not have the opportunity to say something. So let me just pull that apart a little bit because you have to understand the obstacles. First of all, Don't assume that every single piece of leakage you hear about after the fact was visible to everybody, which is why it's critically important that if you happen to be a person who sees something that might be leakage, that you report it to somebody because you may be the only one who can do that. And I think that's a great point because you're saying you might be the only one that sees something 
let's talk about the something. That's mm-hmm. the stumbling block, I reckon, for a lot of people. Where is that line drawn where a piece of information that doesn't quite sit right with you gets pushed over into you taking action? And here's where anybody who has been a parent has a great advantage in the see something because parents can tell by looking at their child if the child is lying to them generally, especially when they're littler, right? And when you come into the room and your child turns and looks at you, what do you think immediately? Oh, guilt. 100% guilty of something. Exactly, right. (laughs) I don't normally look up, so there's definitely something afoot. Right. So that is your little spidey senses, right? Your your internal clock goes off. Any time your internal clock goes off, report it. That's my advice. I love that Greg's asked this question because I've got this dilemma. Something's happened at a a school that is not related to my children's school. It's a friend whose kids go to a different school. Now, mm-hmm. they've got this situation where a rumor had started. There was two children involved. The rumor was quite damaging. And this parent had got this information pretty much secondhand. So it became kind of like, well, it's gone through the rumor mill. How true is it? Right. But the information was enough that she had a gut feeling that something wasn't right. The person who has this information as the mum won't report it because she feels it's been through the rumor mill already. And I've been saying to her, do you know what? You don't know how important that piece of information is. It could be the last piece of the puzzle for the teachers. And she's like, but what if it's nothing? What if it goes on that child's record? And I'm like, what Mm -hmm. if it is something? Right. That, that's a, got bigger consequences. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, get out of my space attitude. I hear that a lot now, especially in the last maybe five years about, oh, I don't want that on my child's record. Uh, you know, everybody has trouble when they're younger and everybody does stupid things. I got kicked out of a classroom once. I really thought it was devastating. I don't think it matters now, right? And to I me at the that. time, it was like devastating, right? I love like, the fact that you got kicked out once and you remember, I had a desk <laughs> that was permanently put in front of a blackboard for the whole entire year of my standard four education. So there you go. Sarah, I think this explains why I went to the FBI and you... What did I do with my life? (laughs) I'm just saying that, you know, that whole idea of it's going to be on my permanent record and it's going to follow them around. So I would say this to your friend, a rumor is not going to follow anybody around. If it's nothing, it doesn't end up on any record. When you write a note on the record to say, we heard a rumor that this guy might've stolen candy bars from the cafeteria but we didn't find any evidence of it. And that's the note that's on their permanent record. You think that's going to keep them out of the Navy when they apply? I mean, come on, be sensible. This is the biggest problem that we have about reporting is I don't want to get somebody in trouble. He's never done anything like that before. Yeah. Because generally when somebody commits a mass murder, they don't go back and get a chance to do it again. Right. So people's fear about the consequences, stop thinking about what might happen in the next step. And just Mm. do your job. Do your job, which is to report it. That is something that I, as a person in the community, feel like I come up against as my biggest obstacle to getting people to turn pieces of information that obviously aren't related to necessarily school shootings, but certainly related to the welfare of young people, whether Mm -hmm. that's, you know, suicide or sexual abuse signs that are coming out. In your experience, when you've gone back and looked at these cases, and like Greg's asked, is there anything else that comes up as an obstacle? that you keep coming up against? You know, we are the biggest obstacles because we don't report. 
And I'm going to speak to you on the other side of the table. I spent 20 years as an FBI agent. Do you know how many people have come to me with tips? How many phone calls I've taken with people who say, I don't really know what's going on at that house, but it makes me nervous. I have taken hundreds of those. Everybody in law enforcement has. It doesn't mean that I've gone out and arrested hundreds of people because somebody called and said, things seem hinky over there. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So be confident that law enforcement takes these calls every day. You may be nervous when you're making a call. They're not nervous. They take these calls all the time and they know how to judge the information that you're telling them. Same with the schools. So don't hesitate to talk to people and share that information. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital or maybe you just lost it? Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. I think Greg's question went a little bit more to Also, what are we looking for? Because he's saying, what are the impediments? I mean, the impediments are, first of all, you're not schooling yourself in what to look for. Yeah. First of all, what you should look for are three big categories. One is you should look for anything that makes you feel hinky, anything that sets off your spidey senses. Just trust your gut and report it, like you said, because you don't know what the other pieces are. I think that's one thing that I feel like in all this time working with you, you have absolutely been sold on the fact that you don't have all the information. And, but also remember to school yourself a little bit in what to look for in terms of behaviors of concern, like somebody who is doing things that are more overt, like buying ammunition or looking for weapons online, talking to their friends about buying weapons or ammunition or writing anything that has to do with shootings and killings, wanting to emulate, admiring. We had 
dozens of people arrested after one of the horrific shootings here in the United States, after tons of middle school and high school students started talking about how they wanted to emulate the actions of the shooter. And then it turned out in some cases when the police went and talked to the parents about it, that the parents searched the room and found out the kid has guns and the kid has a hit list and the kid has has done all the research, right? So teach yourself what some of these behaviors of concern are. I guess I need to put a cheat sheet together for everybody. So that oh, I was going to say just, that. I'll do yes. that. I'll put together one so that people can download that. And then the third thing is remember that even if you don't know what the behaviors of concern are, any atypical behavior, whatever a person's normal behavior is, if they're acting in an atypical way, stop for a moment and look at that person and think, this is atypical behavior for this person. This person is under uh, stress and duress, is headed in some direction. It might be suicide, but it also might be this kind of act of targeted violence. So those are the things you want to look for. And then who do you report them to? Many times people don't know who to report them to. And there are plenty of people who don't trust law enforcement. They don't want to report it to police. And that's absolutely fine. Then you report it to an anonymous tip line. Like the FBI has a tip line, both online in person, over the telephone, you can text. Most law enforcement agencies today, you can text a threat to. And in addition to that, your business or your university, your school should have anonymous reporting systems available. Your county has anonymous reporting systems, states do. So look in your community under anonymous reporting. In the FBI, you can report something internationally in the FBI where we lay it. If nothing else, report it there. But if you can go to your local community, that's going to get it there fastest. So your local police or whatever. How much of a disconnect do you think there is between members of the public, like myself, mm-hmm. understanding that actually they're the ones that will see these leakages and not actually people that are directly necessarily in the family? Take the mother that's seeing a child buying ammunition. It might be in a house that's permissible or they might not be best placed because they might be enabling that behavior. Is there a disconnect between us as the citizens realizing how powerful our role is in that? Like we're Mm -hmm. bigger than we think we are in that. Oh, that's a great question, Sarah. That is a great, that's a great observation. And I hadn't thought about it in those terms. You are right. The People who are, of course, you're right. But the people, (laughs) unexpected people, we're all (laughs) shocked. She's right again. The people who are absolutely in the best place, no question about it, to see somebody who is headed on this pathway to violence are friends, family members, peers, coworkers, spouses, partners, domestic partners. So absolutely, the people who are closest, that initial ring of people. But if you think about it as a person who is going to potentially commit a violent act, and they're the center of the ring, and the next ring around them are these friends and family, they're the least likely to report it. So if the next layer are the neighbors and the people who kind of work around you, you know, a couple of desks away and somebody else who sees you as part of a congregation on a regular basis, but you don't socialize with them, you know, you're not friends. You just know this person from parking next to them every Tuesday when you come in for your 8 p.m. shift. That next ring of people, which I would kind of call acquaintances, your acquaintance ring, your those are probably the most missed and important ring of people who might be able to report information because they're not the ones who are going to hesitate simply because they're related to the individuals. Hesitate is the key word there, I think, isn't it? Because if you're in that first ring, as you call it, 
and you're a parent of this person who's got these sort of leakages spilling out of them, you're going to really hesitate to report that person because the consequences are going to ripple into your family. And that next ring out doesn't have that same hesitation impeding them. That's the best point. So when Greg asks, what are the impediments? The biggest one is hesitation on the part of people who might see something and be afraid to say something. I think that's the key. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. If you've enjoyed Stop the Killing, check out more podcasts from Community Podcast Productions, like this one. Something is creeping in. Don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. The type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. She stole from my son, who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims... Subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 